The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hello, hello! Uh, I'm still, I'm British. Why am I British? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but I'm back! Yes, it is me, and uh, I'm hearing a little bit of echo myself. We're, we're this, today, we're recording in the kitchen, and uh, one of these days I'm going to get you a different mic. I really am. Well, 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 I guess you can't bring it any closer to yourself, can you? Yeah, the problem is we're across from a table, and his microphone picks me up as well from the echo. Someone's in the kitchen with Jeremy. And it's the Phil, the Lost Boy Phil, for anyone who doesn't know who that voice is. Like, if you're brand new to this show, you're probably thinking, you probably have very bad sound quality. But then listen what happens when I do this, how different it is. But now you can't hear Phil. He's about to say something, and no one's going to know it. He's, he's talking over there, and nobody hears him. I turn his microphone on. They can hear me now. Yeah, and now they can hear me echo. Uh, it's not always the greatest. One of these days, I will have some better stuff. It's like, I got a high-quality microphone, but I had to buy a cheap one for the co-host. I will get you a better microphone. That'd be, so you're saying I'm cheap. I'm not worth it. Is what no, you're I'm just saying I, I, I wasn't able to get you a better microphone. And, That's okay. But anyways, enough of that. Uh, we got so much fun stuff to really talk about. This is uh, this is a show I meant to record last weekend because we are going to talk about our thoughts of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. But I figure, you know, having this week off delay gives everybody else a chance to see it. So uh, there's not much of a chance that I'm going to spoil anything because if you were really interested in seeing it, my guess is you probably went by now. Chances are you've seen it already. Yeah. So I figure we're okay. 
And if anybody didn't catch the Batman reference he just made there, then uh, <laughs> go back to 1989. You got to go check it out, man. The 1989 Batman. But anyways, we got that. Let's uh, talk a little bit about some of our fun we had. Free Comic Book Day was just a, well, I guess it was last weekend from where we're sitting now. Uh, but uh, we had some fun there. I did pick up some things, and uh, I now have a bit more, I guess, detail on some of the things we've been talking about coming up in Marvel Comics. Also, something I've been hearing about DC. Well, we've got a lot of comic stuff to talk about. Plus, for our main attraction, I, uh, I'm going to have to give some credit to the Lore Podcast. I'm a little behind on that one, but I heard a story on Lore that made me do a little bit of research. And uh, I'm having a bit more research done by somebody else, and I'm, I'm hoping I'll hear back, and maybe he's going to learn a little bit more. But I want to tell you a story in our main content, and this will be great for all you Disney fans that are still here. This story is going to sound a little bit familiar. And I'll just say that. But it's going to be kind of fun. But I was like, I found some actual story that I don't know if it's fully connected but I, I have, I'm hoping somebody who's much smarter on this sort of thing than I is going to find out if there really is a connection or somebody was familiar with this story back in the 60s or so. Yes, indeed. When a certain attraction was being designed. So, oh, yes. I thought it was very interesting. So I know, and it's, it's something that would maybe fit more if we were doing a Halloween show, but I was so excited about this because I'm still a fan of this attraction, and I'm still a fan of the parks in most parts, and I'm a vintage Disney fan. I will gladly say I'm a vintage Disney fan. Some of the stuff they're doing now, yeah, we don't want to talk about. The anyway, classic. The classic, yes. I'm still wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt right now as we sit here and record this. I am wearing Mickey. I still love it, even though we just don't we don't cover it for reasons I don't need but to get into Mickey's again. Mickey's covering but, him. Mickey's covering up, so nobody can see my fat, hairy chest. Or at least <laughs> Phil can't see it. That's right. Well, of course, he's, he's got a window right behind him, which is probably why I'm getting so much reflection. Maybe next time we record in this kitchen, I should fa- I should sit on that end. And But, of course, I'm trying to be near the plug because I'm using a laptop to uh, keep my notes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's probably why I get so much echo is because you got you know a window right behind you, and it's just bouncing the sound right back into your microphone. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So it's not really good uh, planning on my point whenever we've recorded in my kitchen instead of your basement. No. We sound pretty good. We do in your basement uh, room area there, or your little kind of apartment uh, that you've had to move into due to uh, some things. some health conditions and stuff. Yeah. That I'm hoping by June we're going to get some good resolution on that, and things hopefully. are going to get better. Hopefully. So, and you're going to be able to breathe better, and yeah, now hopefully, yeah. There's there's a lot of things that you know. So if y'all are praying, people be praying for Phil because we're trying to make sure he stays on this earth here a little bit longer. He's got Amen. things to do. Amen. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today. Of course, I have a lot of good fun games and toys and all kinds of fun stuff to talk about as usual. But of course, we start everything with host chatter, which Phil has recommended with this Halloween. Host chatter will be known as ghost chatter. I got to remember to do that. That should yeah. be fine. Uh, but all right. So what have you been watching? And this is our chance to review now that the series has concluded. And hopefully if you were interested in watching Moon Knight, you have completed watching it. Now, you've, you've seen the final episode now, right? Did, yeah. So we can now talk about our overall thoughts of the entire six episode series overall i'd say i enjoyed it i had a good time uh there were i think i have brought up where some people kind of had noted uh because they are trying to uh, and some people will call it the mcu because they're trying to have a lot more female uh heroines brought in uh and <laughs> which, heard this that's kind of funny yeah the mcu is it's being dubbed because and cause, heck even uh, um Kevin Feige has talked about he wanted to bring in more of the lady heroes, but yet you know what the the first the first lady of Marvel is going to be the Invisible Woman, and it's like come on, well absolutely you got to bring her in, uh, but uh, they're they're not necessarily doing it right because he also has pointed out like. Uh, 
it seems nearly every major Marvel male has to get need in the groin by the quote-unquote strong female. Uh, the women seem to be able to just teach themselves and somehow or another become superior to the men because they've taught themselves. Uh, they have to constantly be acknowledged and told that how awesome they are. It's like, that's not building them the right way. you got to build them the same way you do the male heroes and let them... I mean, because, heck, we, we got to see Iron Man struggle and have his his personality flaws as they slowly learn to become the hero and suddenly care about more than himself in those films. I mean, we, we speaking of Doctor Strange, we get to see him be this jerk, and he learns to because there's things bigger than himself, and he has to, and that's a, a big thing, even the second movie, the beginning, he had to give up some things in order to be the person to protect the and world. The one thing I have hope for, um, there's rumors that... Uh, I'm hoping you've seen the film. If you're listening to this, you don't want to hear what I'm about to say. But uh, the Scarlet Witch. Uh, Maybe we'll save that for later. Okay, I'll wait. Because we're going to get divulged off of where my point was going if we go oh, too yeah, far. You're right. You know. I just more or less talking about a female character. Yeah. Who, it does have development continuously yeah. going. Yeah. yeah. And but that's the thing. We we need to see those character flaws, and we need to yeah. see them being like terrible. That. And and. Uh, yeah, I think, but I think there's, there's ways hurt. to do that. But uh, well, this person had pointed out that it seemed like because they were that when I was watching and hearing this person talk about it, so we were four episodes into Moon Knight, and he timed it out. The Moon Knight himself had only been seen for about four minutes in the fourth episode. It's like we're we're already past the halfway point, and we've barely seen the hero. And instead of the main character being, um, wow, my brain just went. But we got Stephen Grant, an alternate personality. Which made it interesting, yeah, but we got him instead of his his actual personality, Mark Spector, uh, who Mark Spector, of course, is this mercenary. He's all his military training and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but it, by using Stephen Grant, we were able to have him seem weaker so Layla could be around and lead him around in the archaeology and be the strong female. Now, the other thing is, I don't recall at any point up to the final episode that Layla was anything more than really smart and an archaeologist, which is fine. All of a sudden, when she's granted uh, to be an avatar, she suddenly got fighting skills to rival Mark. Where did those fighting skills come from? I assume the avatar. Yeah. Well, the avatar doesn't didn't teach Mark Spector how to fight. He already knew how to fight. That's why he was chosen to be an avatar. Well, that's true. See? And what, what avatar did she get? A hippo who steers a boat. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Now, then the other thing that I had to roll my eyes at in the final episode, so the, the final episode, while it was good, also had some really big problems, and that's where I didn't like. Uh, and it, it's okay that you see her, Layla, save some people, but they made it a point that we looked right at, at one younger girl, right in the face. The only person we, you know, you couldn't pick out anybody else out of the lineup that was saved in this car, except for this one girl. And it was also just for the point, it's like, oh, we have an Egyptian superhero. It's like, that's right, I am an Egyptian superhero. And that's forced representation. Yeah. It's like, we have to say, look at me, I'm being an Egyptian superhero, looky, 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 virtue signal. That was not necessary. Yeah, I agree. You could have just made Layla an interesting character and let her be the avatar and let her learn and grow, just not instant awesome like that let her learn to be a oh i'm an avatar now let me see what i can do to help mark and let let her learn and grow and become an awesome person instead of just instant awesome and then have to have that moment where we have to say like yes we look we have an egyptian now ha ha aren't we awesome that's where you lose me right there it's like do it but you don't have to you know like uhura never on star trek did uhura have to say like look we have a black woman on communications look at her they never did that. Uhura was just there doing her thing. 
We knew it was a black woman on communications. We would just, you know, Uhura was just doing her thing. And we loved Uhura just because she was Uhura and she was awesome. So, and, and heck, when Martin Luther King even told the actress that, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. I love what you're doing on Star Trek. And it wasn't because they were making a big deal of it. She was just there being a, an important part of the crew. No. And that's all it took. And if Marvel and Disney could just learn that. It's like, you know what? We don't mind all these other characters. So what you're saying but is. But do it right. What you're saying is less is more. Yeah, less is more. Have them be part of that. T- like Eternals could have actually could have been good had they done it where they were like, you know what? We want to have like people that look all kinds of different people. Well, that's fine. But, you know, you don't have to make a big deal that that is that, you know, when they when they go in front of uh, from a San Diego Comic-Con, it's like, look, this is the most diverse cast we've ever had. Yeah. You didn't need to do that. You just like, here's our cast. We're making this movie and it's going to be the, we're hoping you're going to love it. That's all really you needed. To be truthful, I I, I hated that film, but it was yeah. <laughs> major, it was boring. And yeah, they uh, dropped the ball big time. It, to me, it seemed like the film should have just been called Virtue, the Virtuous Team. And. And virtue signaling the movie <laughs> <laughs> but in truth I just didn't think it was very well written and, no, it uh, wasn't but that's not to say the actors weren't any good because the actors yeah. were just fine well you had some great actors yeah, in there tremendous and some you know kind of interesting characters but somehow sure. or another it just didn't work well first of all uh, anytime you feel that you have to go woke yeah. just just because that's what's popular at the time yeah um, Being woke for woke's sake. <laughs> yeah, woke for woke's sake. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, e uh, woke. <laughs> As the Star Wars would be e woke. Uh, the little e That's an insult to the Ewoks. Uh, so. I love e He kind of. No, but anyway, the fact that there is. <laughs> it's funny. It's just like he color. That's because it's like, yeah, that's exactly what they do. Look, he colored. <laughs> Look, he colored over there. See, we have color person. No, that's terrible. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're not just, you know, like, oh, hey, this is that hero. Yeah, that's all you really yeah. have to do. Because it shouldn't matter it shouldn't what they matter. are as right. far as race goes, or, or yeah. if if you're going to go that route, then for too long, look, we have a person who's six seven, or look, we have a person who's five yeah. ten, because there's people who are different in that. Yeah. And that oh, but matter. nobody's going for that cause of height yet. They will. Well, one of these days, you know, we're going to have to bring in an overweight character because yeah. you know, hey, you're fat shaming that all your superheroes are either skinny or muscular. I've already heard things like that. Yeah, you know what's coming. It's coming. They'll, they'll turn the blob into a hero or something. Just yeah. Well, I'm an overweight man. <laughs> yeah. And so it, am I. It doesn't offend me. Yeah. Um, I'm not offended that Superman doesn't look like me. No. The fact of the matter is I am Superman. No, I'm That's kidding. right. No, I'm kidding. In all reality, I don't need people to look like me because it's about the... To be able to relate. It's about the character of a person, not yeah. the character itself. Right. Yeah. Let let what they do, their their character, their not char- the character, but their character yeah, the, the be the example, the characteristics. Yeah, of a person. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't mind having them all different kind of peoples, no, but you don't either. have to go and point it out. You just have to, there it is, whatever, yeah. you know, and just let it be a natural thing because, you know, if I meet people of different colors, it's just a natural thing to be yeah. like, hey, I'm not going, oh, hey, I need to go talk to a black person today. It'll be like, oh, yeah. hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, when I say I don't care, what I mean to say is that it, seeing someone of a different race doesn't stop me. Yeah. If anything, uh, and I don't mean it's just any kind of thing, but what I mean to say is if I see someone of a different race, uh, I'm already going to talk to them. But yeah, because you talk to everybody. I do. Well, that's what I do. I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm but, not going to treat you different just because you're a different color. But I will make sure that I talk to them so that a person wouldn't believe 
that I wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like if I saw uh, someone come to my church, which I'm going to talk to me when you sound him. But isn't that weird that you have to do that? Like, oh, if I don't talk to you, you're going to think that I hate you because of your color or something. Well, most people wouldn't, but But there are some There are people like that. There might be some. And that's that's the problem because that would be actually a racist attitude that they have. It's like, oh, well, this white person didn't talk to me because they're, you know, because they're racist. When I was a younger man. No, you just don't talk to, usually you don't talk to strangers. When I was a younger man, uh, I was accused of that. because when I was real young, I was shy, super shy. I mean, embarrassingly shy. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that I uh, squashed that as I got older, uh, not to let anyone believe that about me personally. And I thought, no, because I love all people. I don't care yeah. the situation. Um, I want to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's the goal yeah. of us. That's out of the Bible. But yeah. I, I, uh, I try really hard to treat people like I want them to treat me. That doesn't mean yeah. they're going to. But, you know, yeah. that's how we should be. And the main thing is, I'm not going to give you special treatment. I'm going to treat you the same way I treat everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And that means I'm probably going to be friendly. Now, I'll be honest. <laughs> there's times that's with, the thing. with my health that I don't feel good. And I'll right. be, this is going to sound really cruel. It sounds I don't want to talk to people. Even, yeah. as, even as a pastor, I don't want to talk to people. But I do it anyway. I yeah. ignore my my want-tos and do what the need-tos are. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I need to be kind. And, yeah. But I don't always want to. Right. Because... <laughs> There's some people say, just do what you want to do. No, don't always do what you want to do. Sometimes you got to do what you need to do. Do the necessities. Can't be the hero that they want. Be the hero that they need. (laughs) And that was, yes, I'm purposely being a very bad Batman because I was was almost mixing a little bit of Muppet in there. (laughs) It's Muppet Man. Muppet Batman. (laughs) Because otherwise... Maybe talking like this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, I heard like uh, twenty characters and <laughs> twenty characters and once you had like Bobcat Goldflake in there a little bit. Hey! <laughs> For those who remember, hey, hey, I'm a police academy. <laughs> so we still love that guy. He was funny back in the day. Oh boy, I'm sure he's still funny now. I mean, he's still living, but yeah. Oh. But anyway, so that was yeah, that was my overall thoughts on Moon Knight. I still really enjoyed it, had a good time with it, and I'm Oscar Isaac, give that man an Emmy. Oh, he did a good job. Oh my gosh. I mean, I liked him as Poe anyway. I mean, yeah. those, the, let's face it, those Star Wars movies were not great, but they did have some good actors. He was really and great. And Oscar Isaac is just tremendous. Well, seeing how he was so, and talking about the Star Wars movies now, mm-hmm. seeing how he was so uh, affable and so yeah. good at what he does, I'm talking about likable, yeah. good at what he does is that. He wasn't supposed to make it through that that uh, rep. right. And J.J. Abrams said, "No, wait a minute." Yeah, because even apparently he even told J.J. like, you know, every movie I'm in, I die. Yeah, because <laughs> up to that point, he did, and that that made him a star, though. To be the rest of those movies, which, which is, is awesome. why he they didn't meet uh, until in talking about the Star Wars movie. They didn't w- meet until later on. Yeah, because they he, come he back. wasn't supposed to make. Wasn't it. supposed to come back. Uh, but man, he was likable. Yeah, and uh, the ladies really like him. He's a good looking guy. Uh, yeah, and that's it's the thing. He reminds me a lot of um, Hugh Hugh uh, Jackman. Yeah, where Hugh Jackman is just severe. When you see him in first, he is just severely affable, and he's such a good looking guy that. Guys like him as much as the lady. Well, no, the ladies like him a different way. I'm sure uh, he's just a handsome dude. Well, uh, but but we like him just because he's so affable and such a nice guy. And Oscar Isaac just comes across the same way. That's the kind to me. of way that George Clooney always was back in the day. <laughs> yeah, because he was not only handsome for the woman, women, but uh, he, he's the kind of guy, a person that a guy would want to yeah. hang around with as a friend. Although know? we would severely disagree on a few things. That's oh, for sure. Would, but, but still, he's an affable person. <laughs> but he's affable, so you get likable. along. You know, Tom, well, Tom Hanks is not a bad-looking guy, yeah, but, but he's more nice. known for being just a good, nice person. Yeah, very so. likable. But, you know, that, like that, that. Go, that goes a long way, just to be affable. And just, you know, yeah. if you can be affable to everybody, that's that's the point. I, I've met quite a few folks, uh, you know, signings and all, and some people come off different, but most of them, 
just come off real like, well, I'm not saying they'll remember me. Yeah. But some people just come off real. For instance, Sergeant Slaughter, just one of the nicest oh, guys. Oh, I meet him yet. Oh, he just so super kind that he remembers me all the time. When Seth has talked to him online, he remembers him, remembers me. Oh. And, and, uh, but I saw, I met him a few times when I was down there. He was so super kind, checking on me and th- making sure I was okay. Just so super nice. I mean, I, I don't know if I've met people quite as, that nice before, but him and Ted DiBiase. People, oh, I want to meet him too. Oh, so super kind. I got to meet Hacksaw Jim Hacksaw Duggan. Hacksaw was another one. So Hacksaw super kind. so much fun. He's so yeah. nice. And he's so funny. Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's fun to watch on his Facebook. He puts up videos. Yeah. Uh, he's actually was over in Epcot this week, too. And uh, he's got a really funny video he put it up on Facebook. He's Because he's been traveling. He's been to Alaska and he's visited his daughter in Florida and his wife and him and his daughters and everything. They all went to Epcot. And he gets on a video. It's like, you know, I spent an hour in the ring with Ric Flair. I have wrestled Hulk Hogan. I have wrestled all these people and it didn't get exhausted. But spend one day and Epcot and he falls over into a chair. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's the type of humor he has. He's, a great he's guy. so funny. And he's he's like, just a uh, delight. All sorts of other people. For instance, people say what they want to about William Shatter. Bill Farmer's so nice to me but too. I love he's William awesome. Shatter. Oh. He was the fact that he He is the Shat. The fact that he took time to to meet me and didn't have to if you remember. Yeah. yeah. And and didn't charge me by the way, because I just come out of brain surgery and he Yeah, and did you that looked a mess me. that day. Oh, so. I did. But he, he <laughs> so he could sat see with it. Me. Yeah. yeah. He sat with me and he didn't charge me. Which I thought was very kind that he did that for me. You know, there's a lot of things that different people have done for me that yeah. just changed things for me. Hogan, others, you know, just, yeah. I really appreciate him. So. Yeah, I just wish I had a better interaction with Peter Mayhew because he was, he was, I think, not feeling well the day that I got to meet him. And I just, yeah. I didn't have any money to get any more autographs. I just saw he didn't have a line. It's like, I just want to come and meet you and shake your hand and say thank you. And he kind of did this eye roll, like whatever, when he sh- to sh- shake my hand. And He's I was like, Ooh. Sick, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know, he probably wasn't feeling well because every other story I've heard with Peter Mayhew is he was just the nicest person. But, yeah, for me, you know, he, he, he can be like anybody else having a bad day, yeah. you know. So, he, he was for me. Yeah. But, I wish I'd have gotten a better meetup with yeah. him because now he's gone. But anyways, that was our review of Moon Knight. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That was in a, in a weird way. <laughs> that was our review of the Moon Knight TV show. So if you haven't watched it, not, I hope we didn't spoil anything. But yeah, it was enjoyable. I, uh, I I do hope they do some more with characters. It was very, very good. Soon. Very fun. Yeah. Well, they did. I think they did let something go towards the end where they can have some more things happen. I think. Didn't they drop something at the end of it? Oh, but I got to tell you, the actor here. What's his name? The villain. Oh, he is so good. Ethan Hawke? Ethan Hawke. Ooh, man, he was Ooh, good. he's so good. He was outstanding in there. Uh, there's actually uh, some really good... I think IGN posted this this video where he's talking about, you know, that he loves... Because he's done, like, some high-end level drama stuff, you know, oh, and, so even, and even popped up in uh, Blade Runner 2049. You know, he's 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 known, you know, the indie films, all this stuff. But he says, like, you know what? I Some of my favorite films are even just fun Marvel films. He's like, you know, you, you, we have to be able to just have fun and enjoy movie, whether it's art, you know, it's all art, you know, whether it's a high art or low sure. art, it should just be fun and we should just encourage people to go and check it out. But he made, he brought some realism to it. I mean, yeah. oh, he does. It, he just, you, you tell he's, he made, he makes it so deep. I mean, almost mm-hmm. seems uh, Shakespearean in a sense yeah. when, he, when he's in he it. Did, he did. He, he, he plays a good villain because he oh. makes it so grounded. You can tell he's thinking. Even like the in the 2049 because he was kind of terrifying in, in 2049. Yeah. Or was that Jared Leto in 2049? I think Jared Blade, Leto. Yeah, it was Jared Leto in Blade Runner. Which, yeah, Jared they Leto is someone who's a, who's a good actor but sometimes has a role that he's just not good for like the Joker. But yeah, I yeah. guess it was Jared Leto that's in, in Blade Runner 2049 and he was real, he was scary. Yeah. But he was, he was very good at being just that straight kind of grounded like he had reason for all the horrible things he does. So I'm like, I'm not being horrible. Yeah. And that's exactly what Ethan Hawke was doing with this character. It's like, I'm not being horrible. I'm fixing the world. He thought he was Removing a hero. all the people who are just going to do horrible things later. Even if they haven't done it now, they're going to. Yeah, he's like, we he just need to remove them. I'm savior. making a better world. Don't you see? Oh, he was scary that way. 
Yeah, he thinks oh. himself as a hero almost. Like, yeah, like, like yeah. He thought he was the hero the whole time, and oh my goodness, made such a. And I guess his character that he was playing in the comics is normally like a minor villain, but yeah. he made you know even if you take a minor villain, you can make him a super interesting and do some really neat things with the character. And they did, and they did. All right, so now, of course, what have you been playing? I can almost say every week. Of course, I was playing some WWE 2K over the last couple weeks. But uh, uh, I actually did a couple different things. Um, This I'm calling almost a mistake. Uh, But I found out, oh, hey, Max Payne is actually available for the PS4. What I thought I was going to be getting was uh, a uh, a remastered version for PS4. Uh, that was going to be all fixed up and maybe enhance graphics, maybe enhance some of the play. Uh, but no, it was actually just a direct port of the PS2 version of of Max Payne. And it's got one major flaw that they, for some reason, got in there. Because normally on the old copies of Max Payne, you could do a quick save. And you could, you know, do a, do, you know save where, where you're at within a chapter. Like right before, if you know you're going to do something challenging, you could do a quick save. And then you could, you know, if you fail, okay, well, I've just got to go back to that. I don't have to start the whole chapter over. Well, this version on the PS4, uh, they have bits in Max Payne where it, for some reason, turns into you're walking across these tiny little uh, ledge bits or whatever and the, or, or, or something like that. And you could really easily fall because it's, it's, it's not a game that's really positioned very well for you to walk on these uh, platforming things where you could fall off and just instant death. Uh, so it becomes problematic when I can't do a quick save before I do it. And so I have to start the entire chapter over and redo a whole bunch of stuff. And I eventually, I've just gotten to a point where I've gotten stuck and I haven't even gotten through the first section of the game before you on Max Fang, you have these nightmares that he has where he goes like these blood trail things that he's got to walk on that are like a balancing act. And uh, you could very easily fall off of those. And, you know, I, I can imagine getting to that, having to start the whole thing over when some of those times you get, it's a, a veritable maze of things. And I really didn't want to have to get back into that. So I, uh, I'm not recommending actually playing Max Payne on PS4, although uh, it is a great game. Um, I did play I used to have, I think I still have both of them for Xbox, with the Xbox versions for, for 360, both X, Max Payne 1 and 2. Max Payne 3, I did play a little bit, but I didn't really enjoy it, so I didn't finish it. Uh, I didn't have as much fun with it. Uh, I didn't feel like it was, I don't know, somewhere I didn't have as much fun as like the originals with Max Payne 3. But uh, Remedy, I did watch, uh, you know, the makers of Max Payne and a lot of other games. They did, uh, I did see a video that they just, I think, put out this morning or this week with their efforts right now, uh, the Alan Wake 2 game, which I just recently, I I was even talking about on the show playing Alan Wake, uh, that they are working feverishly at Alan Wake 2, and they wanted to have some sort of demo or something out over the summer, but they didn't want to take people off of working on the finished product to make a demo because they they wanted everybody's efforts concentrated on just making it, the Alan Wake 2 game as good as possible. But apparently they are in talks with AMC to make an Alan Wake television series, huh. which could be interesting. I mean, this this could be uh, a good suspense series uh, on the vein of something like, you know, I never really watched Twin Peaks from, from what I've heard. It would be similar to that, where it's just weird mystery, creepy things are actually going on amidst things. Cause that's, Twin Peaks was kind of ahead of its time. I watched yeah. a little bit of it, but not when it was on so much. I watched a couple, I think one, maybe two. And then later on, uh, my sister had me borrow it when they were on video. Mm. Uh, back when there was video. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, VHS. VHS, yeah. Because <laughs> video technically still uh, exists, but a, but a video but cassette. <laughs> I had borrowed them all and then watched the film when she had that back in the day. Yeah. Uh, where they could basically finish it up. Yeah, and wrap it up. That's what they did back then. Yeah. yeah. Good actors, though. That's uh, 
There we go. Um, I'm having Phil kind of adjust his mic just a little bit there, so I'm just muted. There we go. You can tell when I mute your mic for whatever reason because suddenly we, we lose the sound of the room. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, but Phil was having some troubles there, but uh, I, hopefully he's feeling better now. So, bit, yeah. so I during when I was talking about Max Payne, it suddenly sounded so much better, I'm sure, without the room noise. But yeah, we're getting his microphone aimed a little bit better for him. Anyways. And yeah, you get a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff that I don't edit out all the time because I'd like to let you know all the effort we put into making this show just for you. So, but okay, now I ha- and I was talking to you about this in the car. Oh, you got something you want to throw in oh, before yeah. I jump into another game? Well, not a game, actually. Something I forgot to mention about the shows we've been watching. I watched the new Firestarter. Oh, the new movie? The new yeah, movie. I heard it was terrible. Compared well, to- I only watched the original movie once, but this would be more of a movie review, not a television yeah, review. Yeah, but I watched... It's on what do you call it? Yeah, the, they put it out on Paramount Plus. No, not Paramount Plus. Or, uh, uh, wasn't it Paramount Plus? No, or, no, I guess HBO Max. Mm-mm. Who has it? Uh, the, the Peacock. Peacock. Have I opened it? Because I remember seeing the thing for yeah. it, but I didn't think it was Peacock. I, I watched the original one and the other one. And the original one, I gotta say, some of the acting is horrible on the original. I didn't realize with Drew, Drew Barrymore and all that. No offense, Drew, but uh, she was a little kid though. Well, she was, but the new little kid doesn't do bad at all. Yeah. But they also made it more like the book, from what I understand. Oh, and so uh, I'm not a Stephen King fan, so I was like, me neither. Really so I almost didn't it. watch it, but I did watch it, and I gotta say, the new film is a lot more serious, mm. and uh, I like the old one, but the new one has its good points too, uh, and the acting in it is really good. And if you're wanting to watch something that's unique, almost X-Men like, but because that's what it had a lot of that kind of thing, you know, people with these superpowers and yeah. all. They did a good job with that, and the special effects, of course, are better because, I mean, obviously. They can. They yeah. can make it more serious. They can do a lot more. So with it's it. nice that they could do it more like the book because they couldn't do that then. When the, in the nineteen eighty, was it four or two? I don't know. I don't remember. I only, like I said, I only remember watching it once. And so, and I will say, the actor they got to, even though they cut his short his uh, role back a lot, because in reality, apparently, when they made the original movie, they apparently put two roles together from the book. Hmm. So, but in in this, they got the actor who plays the dad on um, uh, that seventy show. To kind of take George C. Scott's role type of thing, and I was like, "That he does do a good job hmm. talking like him." So uh, talking like George C. Scott, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. I tell you, there's good and bad about both. To yeah. be honest, but still, it was they did do a good job at, at really capturing the special effects and everything. That when that little girl is uh, getting mad, you can see the heat coming up before the fire starts up. Hmm. And I thought oh, that would be a unique. And yet, terrifying thing for your family member yeah. to have, because I can only imagine if you irritate a little child, because you know they get oh, mad, yeah. and they get mad. They don't have self control. That's it. And there's a lot of that mm-hmm. going on. He, because he, a little girl wants more ice cream. Oh and no, she doesn't get it, and the mom says no, and she accidentally sets her mom's arms on fire because she's angry. Oh my goodness! And so, I mean, it's a terrifying thought. In yeah. Sense. A, yeah. A little baby get mad, and because her diaper is dirty or whatever, suddenly the whole room starts catching on fire. Mm. Because she's frustrated that they don't know how to control her. It's, it's scary in a way. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not bad. Watch it. It's mm. pretty good. I'm not interested at all, though. I'm not a Stephen King fan, really. So, well, um, But that was that should have been in the movie review section. Yeah. But while we're talking about <laughs> stuff we're, we're watching, actually, I should throw in there that uh, after watching an episode of Toy Galaxy, uh, if you watch that on YouTube, uh, you've seen you've watched him oh, before, I have seen, yeah. yeah, I've seen. Uh, but he did a thing covering uh, you can't do that on television. Oh and yeah. While talking about it, he mentioned that uh, Paramount Plus, because they own Nickelodeon, has about a season's worth, about about twenty episodes available of that to watch. So I actually have watched a few episodes of that this week. What? Oh, here comes the. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's not what, what it would it? be. Uh, 
I'm not going to say it because slime may fall on me. I don't but know. If, <laughs> there it is. Oh, no. Fiddle. Oh, no. Uh, well, you know how we can clean you off? You know what word to say to get cleaned off, right? I don't remember. You know what I had in this cup? Water. Oh, there's the water oh, on your head. Oh, no, I said it. Oh, okay. I should have sound effects for like water falling on our heads. There we go. But yeah, if you would say, I don't know, you get slimed, just say water or wet, and they'd dump water on your head. So <laughs> Good old shows from our yeah. childhood. And that that's what made slime famous on Nickelodeon yeah, was that right. show. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. So it's been kind of fun to watch that. And, you know, the, the humor is definitely aimed at younger. But, you know, it was uh, kind of savvy at some things were going on because this is even in Canada, they were having problems. Uh, as well as here in the states, with because um, it was being being made in camera, but they're you know having the, the fuel shortages that was going on towards the end of the Carter administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the reasons why Carter only lasted four years, and Reagan came in there and began his presidency in '82. Uh, but yeah, but I was actually just watching when, you know, ones where they were talking about the you know they were having problems with inflation and also the transportation issue, and nobody could get any gas. Uh, yeah, so they, I mean they they were really relevant for the time that they were making the show, and but coming at it from a you know kid's point of view. Uh, and uh, ready, aim, stop the execution. You know, some things come back in, in time again. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, uh, it, it was very relevant for today. Yes, yes indeed. It was. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Uh, all right. Well, the next thing I had on host chatter is stuff that I'm actually going to get into as part of our news segment. So I'm going to hit this button. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, I'm going to start this off with something just positive to make you feel good. This comes from uh, ABC 10 in Texas. And uh, let me just read you this headline. Family of three-year-old cancer patient wears superhero costumes to every chemo. Oh, wonderful. I love and it. And a quote from the mother. We do it to make sure he feels the powers. And mom will tell you. And there's this cute little picture where, oh my gosh, I just realized something about this. <laughs> okay, but you have both of, the, both of their two children are dressed as Spider-Man. And so yeah. their dad is wearing a black suit Spider-Man and mama is wearing uh, a Spider-Gwen outfit. But uh, where they've got this still fra- frame, it looks like the little three-year-old has his hand. He's just holding on to mom, but he's got it holding... Yeah. Mom from the wrong spot. Well, that's okay. But this is in Dallas. As Leon Hernandez was scared and his parents could see the fear on his face. Every visit to the hospital, he worried he'd feel an ouchie. And there were a lot of hospital visits. The three-year-old Plano boy was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia in 2021. Leukemia is the most common childhood cancer and is quite treatable. But the treatment is chemo, and that's what frightened Leon. So uh, here's the... (laughs) They bought all these different costumes so he could dress up as a superhero and the parents could go in with him. Here's a really cute photo of them as the Incredibles. Wonderful. And, and the little guy has lost all his hair, yeah. but mom and dad are there dressed as the Incredibles with him. Here they are dressed all as Superman and Superwoman. Yeah. Uh, just adorable. I uh, just love this story. I mean, that's that's, that's family coming together. And I it, I got to mention it because they dress as superheroes. That's great. That that's I mean, I mean, that's great. You I know, that's I, the, I love having a good positive story to start with. Thing. You know, when when you have a loved one going through, for instance, I, I mentioned my uh, uh, the man who I uh, my father's best friend, who is just a great man. I call him my uncle Russell. Yeah. His uh, his wife, my my aunt Mary, 
Uh, she's going through cancer and mm, has yeah. lost all of her hair. And you know what he's done? He shaved his, his head. head That's right. Yeah. He goes along with it because he said you. Because she said it's going to embarrass her. He said no. He goes. Uh, he goes. If you're embarrassed, I'm embarrassed. He goes. I'm not together. And he said I'm not embarrassed by it because you're beautiful as ever. Yeah. Just, that's just loving, man. Yeah. They're oh, they're for, adorable together. Anyway. Oh, they're wonderful. <laughs> they they are like the definition of cute older couple. Oh, they're wonderful. <laughs> I've known them for so long. Yeah. I've known them my whole life. They, yeah, uh, you know, they came and saw me when I was uh, born in the hospital. I was, you know, I'm just very, very happy about it. I yeah. love them. When you were born, uh, old, old Uncle Russell was there to slap you in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was the first of the in my family. I was the first one he came, got to come see in the hospital. Uh, so he was uh, part of the family. It was yes, indeed. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, I do have a couple of games that uh, game releases that I do want to mention. Uh, one of them you, you were pretty excited about. Absolutely. There was a Call of Duty thing we were hearing about. There was oh, Operation yes. Monarch, and it was like the King Kong versus Godzilla. Well, well the I, Monarch Butterfly, the, the big uh, yeah operation. Well, the Monarch yeah. is the group in the newer yeah, films that uh, which might have been pulled from the Japanese. I don't Maybe. remember. Maybe. I don't remember. Your cousin John would probably know for probably. sure. But what it turns out this is for anyone who plays the free to play because it's a, it's one of those battle royale games. But there's Call of Duty Warfare. Is that? Yeah, I think it's just called I Warfare. It yeah. It's free to play, and this Operation Monarch is part of that, and it is going now. Now, they do these kind of in season, so I don't know how long they're doing this, but your opportunity is now. Maybe I should download it. Excuse me. Uh, and and we'll maybe we'll play with that. I today. definitely want to try that. Yeah, because I know you know. You, plus, we you know you love playing those Call of Duty games anyway. I adore God, uh, that, and I I love Call of Duty, and I love Godzilla and, uh, and <laughs> yeah, King Godzilla Kong. versus King Kong. And I've heard they're doing yet another King Kong versus Godzilla movie. I've, I've heard. heard it's 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 working. Uh, other new games that have just come out is that, uh, and I think we mentioned this before that there is an Evil Dead game. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I was kind of surprised. I've been watching some uh, some gaming channels getting to play it. It released this week, and uh, it's very. Uh, they, they've actually named this genre of game, but the only thing I can compare it to it'd be like uh, that Friday the Thirteenth game that came out a few years ago, where it is. Uh, you've got a, a monster, and somebody can play as the monster person, and other people can be survivors and kind of work together. So what this is is one person gets to play as uh, some sort of I forgot what they call it, but it's a head demon, and he can summon the deadites. And pop them up anywhere on the map, while the rest of you are playing as, and there's different classes. So there's there's uh, Evil Dead Two Ash, there's Evil Dead Three Ash, and stuff like that. But there's different versions of Ash, and then you've got some of the side characters from from the Evil Dead franchise. Even like that Knight character is a playable oh, I just, guy. I just want to have my boomstick. That's all I need <laughs> right. to have. Well, you have to go and find you a boomstick. You start out without any weapons. Yeah. So I, you got to go find your chainsaw. Go find you a boomstick. You can get axes and all this stuff. But you go and you're trying to go across. With, with at least this version, the online version, you're going and trying to find pieces of a map that will lead you to where the uh, Necronomicon is and a dagger that can destroy the Necronomicon. And you're you trying to do all this. You've got to shout smart. Shop S. Smart. That's right. <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, and when, from what I've watched, uh, and they were playing against an AI who's being the, the, the bad guy. There was, a, at certain areas, there was just a constant barrage of deadites, and they just couldn't accomplish anything. Uh, and I have seen there's another mode where you can solo and you can have missions. Oh, and this was cool. because right, So the missions are done, done kind of like in, order, in order, but they really completely recreated the cabin. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you're playing as Evil Dead 2 version of Ash, and the cabin is there. I mean, you with the deer on the side, and the little basement thing is going to clunk, 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 That's awesome. When Chain well, and trying to break out. But you have to go outside and go fetch items and, and the, not get killed by the, deadites. The third film, which is my favorite, Army of Darkness. Yeah. That, that's a... Uh, 
Evil Ash is the villain. Right. Yeah. I wonder if there's an Evil Ash that you can I have. I imagine it's all <laughs> messed up face. Yes. And, you know, yeah. You're, you're good, Ash. I'm evil, Ash. <laughs> good, bad. I'm the one with the gun. That's right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. That's outstanding. Yes, yes, yes. And but I uh, love that he's in the, you know, talking about Bruce. Yeah. I love that he's the, in the he, film. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that yeah. here in a bit, too. Uh, the one thing that I would say based upon, upon what I'm watching is the difficulty level is a little extreme uh, and in favor of the bad guys. But, you know, really, that Friday the 13th game, everything is in Jason's favor. Well, it would be, though. <laughs> but it would be, yeah. But uh, I was just like, you know, when you're going to play it like this, I would like to have feel like, especially when you're able to fight back, I would like you to have a little bit more chance of well, actually succeeding in your goal. Well, maybe the boomstick and the chainsaw will give you a little bit of a... I watched somebody with boomsticks and chainsaws, and they still... The chainsaw actually slowed down the attacks, but it took a lot less attacks to kill a deadite with a chainsaw than it did a uh, an axe. Huh. Or machete, and uh, the blood flies everywhere. <laughs> I tell you that, but of course, if that's what you need to expect uh, for this, but it well, looked yeah. like it might be fun to play, but it also could be very, very frustrating. Uh, and I'm kind of curious, like how much it's selling for, like digitally. I'm, I might, I might get it. You know, if I was going to be playing more online because I didn't want to play with my friends, I think on something yeah. like that. Uh, but, uh, but that has released. Uh, oh, something else coming up in the world of toys. I've got this off GhostbustersNews.com, which I recommend y'all. Uh, he's got a, a great YouTube channel, and also his website has all kinds of stuff. But original Slimer designer calls a fan-made Ghostbusters toy the best he's ever seen, available soon. So uh, I'm looking at this picture, and I mean, it is amazing. It looks like first movie-style Slimer, oh, cool. but yet has almost goofy-looking teeth, kind of more akin to the cartoon. And... Um, uh, let me just grab a thing here. It's Baducci, Baducci Studios on his Twitter thing. He shows uh, some, uh, basically, I guess it looks like what he's done is tried to make a, um, a 3D model. That way he could 3D print the thing. But I, 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 I'm wondering what the talk is about this actually is going to be produced somehow. Uh, the floating slime ball comes from our friends Tony Taylor Toys and Baducci Studios. As seen, the upcoming toy retains all of Slimer's disgusting details from his unsightly fat rolls, large brow, crooked teeth, multiple boils, and massive derriere. Because when you look at this, yeah. he's got a butt. And I hadn't realized that he had a butt in, yeah. the, uh, in the movie, too. Yeah, he did. And the sad thing is he's based off uh, John Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the Slimer design is so good that it caught the attention of special effects designer Steve Johnson, the original designer and sculptor behind the character. In classic Steve Johnson fashion, he shared his excitement in a rather explicit comment. I won't read what he said because it is explicit, but it he basically does say it's the best he's ever seen. Now, uh, I'm sure if you were going to purchase this, because apparently it will be out and available for purchase at some point, uh, I'm sure it's going to be expensive but i do not see where it's going to be released but apparently uh it's going to be coming out with tony taylor toys.com uh from baducci studios so yeah that's something to look forward to if you have the money to be able to collect a really really realistic slimer uh wow uh something else and i think i can probably play the video but i actually probably shouldn't play the video uh, now that I think about it, uh, because it has some copyright music, and uh, you know, even though it's used in an ad, but you know the best way to announce that you're going to do a Muppets uh, minifig from Lego is to recreate the opening of the Muppet Show with your minifig Legos. Uh, so I can't really play that video, but these are out in stores now. The problem is that they're in blind bags. So uh, now that's that's exciting for and, uh, and partially exciting to me, but that's exciting for a lot of people. I get tired of blind bags. You yeah, know, I just you, you never you, it's hard to collect if you don't. Yeah, know what you're it's getting. hard to collect because you know, and 
I even there were some uh, toy stores that would uh, that when they had the blind bags of the uh, those miniature Masters of the Universe figures. I forgot there was a specific, specific company that made those, but there was a toy store in somewhere in Kansas that had that. They just you know we've already unwrapped. Tell us which one you want, and you can just pay same price. Uh, and we'll ship you one. And that's how I was able to finally get myself a He-Man figure of that. Yeah. Uh, and I even got a special He-Man figure where it, it had done like the shiny chrome looking kind of paint for oh, his cool. harness thing. Uh, so, but I'm sure at some point you'll be able to, some store will be able to have uh, where you can just order the specific minifigure one. Although I'm part of me is tempted to go and get it, but I'd end up spending a lot because I might be wanting specific characters that I would be trying to hunt down and I would have to buy and I'd probably get a lot of duplicates. And so it'd be really difficult to get exactly the ones that I would want because I would want to get you know get get Heather a, a Bunsen and Beaker and then I of course I have to have my main three Kermit Fozzie and Gonzo my favorites uh, that and then once I had those I would be officially done but I would probably have all kinds of other Muppets that I end up getting because I'm you know blind bagging it so I, I I actually do not like the concept of blind bags for some people that's fun for me it's frustrating because I like okay I have specific ones I want granted I'd be fun to have all the Muppets but I'm like it makes it harder to collect and um, back when I was younger, I probably wouldn't complain because we used to collect trading cards all the time, and you never knew what you were going to get. But it was also but, a lot cheaper, too. Yeah, they were. And indeed, you'd, you'd get, what, 10 cards in a pack anyway? Yeah. And on a minifig, you're going to get one little figure. Yeah. And you're you like, know. dang it, I already had this one. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, not cheap. It's like, what, five? I haven't seen ten, them in stores yeah. to know how much. But, yeah, Legos don't come cheap. Well, now, sometimes they're little minifig things. Cause I have bought, uh, but it, they weren't blind bag either. Mm-hmm. But I have bought some individual minifigs that, you know, you can get for like a buck. Oh, that's um, different. Yeah. So, but I don't know how much they're charging for the actual minifigs. I haven't, I haven't looked in stores, but, you know, I have some people online have posted pictures like, hey, look, I got some. And they're pretty excited about it. But uh, are we ready to talk about some comics and some stuff of, uh, you know, because every summer, both DC and Marvel have to uh, pretty much wreck their universe. Yeah, it's annoying. Oh, <laughs> CBR is not going to let me pull it up here on my uh, on my laptop because I have an ad blocker, which I had it on the other thing. But, oh, they're gonna, all right. Well, let's just talk about the Justice League. And I guess this was a thing. It's called the Dark Crisis. Uh, and uh, I guess as of a- end of April, the Justice League is dead. And uh, it seems like they're doing this to, as a way they're going to re- start replacing. I mean, I don't know who all's being replaced, but uh, I mean, we've already got a different Batman. We have a black man who's a Batman, and we have a uh, Jonathan Kent who is the bisexual uh, Superman. And so it seems like they were already kind of going gearing up to replace all the mainstream uh, Justice League characters and to have some sort of minority take the place. Uh, and they've been, of course, virtual signaling wokeness with this whole thing. And uh, they've already been getting backlash. People are like, you know, we don't want you to replace Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent and all the other ones. We don't want you to replace those. Tough. They're doing it. But uh, if their sales falter from this, then uh, they're going to have to backpedal really fast. Which they probably are planning to bring back everybody because a lot of times with these summer events, they'll wreck things so bad that they realize they have to bring things back that they've destroyed. And we also know, and it's another CBR article, so I won't be able to pull it up. Comic book resources, by the way, CBR.com. Marvel celebrating the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man with, uh, it's going to be even issue 1000. Uh, uh, pretty cool. And they're gearing up to do some stuff there. Where they're they're going to have some cover art with John Romita Jr. Uh, I think he's probably going to be drawing the uh, issue as well. But um, some of the stuff, and I've mentioned this before. I now actually, you know, with, with Free Comic Book Day, 
Uh, I did pick up a, a free one from Marvel. It was uh, it was Eternals, X Men, and the Avengers Judgment Day, and that's part of their big event. So uh, for anyone who's not following up on this, and I, you know, really I haven't paid attention to the X Men in a long time, but there's a mutant called Krakoa, who's a mutant island. Hmm. All of the mutants have decided forget even Xavier's dream. We're just going to start our own country. So uh, while they're there, uh, Krakoa has growing all these different plants that have actually made some new medicines that are actually really good uh, medicines, and they've been you know selling them to the rest of the world, uh, which you know, would be fine. Now what's going on here is the Eternals. They're they're supposed to go and kill variants, and they uh, have declared that the mutants are a type of variant, and the mutants are now becoming superior. Like they, like Magneto always said, well we're superior to the to the regular humans, and uh, but I. I as much as I'm, I, I would miss like the classic X Men, like in the '90s, and you know, like the Xavier's dream that we want to live peaceable with the humans. I understand what they're trying to do because it doesn't make a lot of sense that you have all these superpowered people in their universe, and but the mutants are the different ones. Although, but you, you can do this in a way. I thought if, you have, if the mutants have a hard time controlling their powers, that would make them interesting if you bring them into the MCU. But this, I guess, makes them a way like, oh look, they're showing themselves to be superior. So now you've, I guess, you've got a different way of presenting the mutants to where you can have some of that. But apparently what's going to happen over the summer is the Eternals are saying, okay, we need to wipe these out. The Avengers are stuck in the middle uh, between, like, the X-Men and the Eternals in this big war. And what's about to happen is a Hellfire Gala, which, because the White Queen is now part of the X-Men, and she's still as head of the Hellfire Club, I guess, uh, they're having their gala on Krakoa. And Mary Jane, since she's been working with Tony Stark, and she's been a big advocate because uh, her Aunt Anna has Alzheimer's, and some of the medicine that's coming from Krakoa Krakoa is helping her Alzheimer's. And this number zero judgment day is the issue that I was talking about that I've been warned about, and I've shown it to Philip now this last page, where uh, after Mary Jane comes from being on television and talks about the the Hellfire Gala that she's going to in, 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 in name of Tony Stark as part of her job working for him. Uh, she takes Aunt Anna to her house, and as she's downstairs, she hears a noise, somebody in there, and it's, the Mortar McTaggart is now a cyborg for, I don't know how that happened, and snatches her up and says, well, I need to go to that gala, and guess who I'm wearing? Go ahead, ask me. I'm wearing you. And so it looks like they're, and I don't know how they're going to get out of it, but because I, unless somebody's about to show up and save Mary Jane from this, uh, Mary Jane's about to get skinned alive. Uh, and that's probably, I mean, this is, that's, you're breaking things already right there. Uh, that's probably not a good idea, but it's already something weird because I do, I, I haven't read it yet because I want to, I want to go back and collect all the Nick Spencer run of Amazing Spider Man because I really enjoyed his writing. Uh, but I did pick up the Amazing Spider Man number one, which it's like volume, volume billion, whatever they're now. It's probably only volume four, but for crying out loud, every time they, they want to do something different, they have to reset Spider Man now here lately. Uh, although they try to keep a legacy number as well as a new number one. Uh, but I did pick that up. I haven't read it, but I did look over like the pages they're talking about where uh, where Peter's kind of kind of spying on Mary Jane uh, and seeing her with this other guy, Paul, which seems to be maybe a husband. And she has these two kids. So what the heck is they're doing in that? And how does that relate in her being about to be skinned? But like, yeah, they're they're already set to wreck things They're You know, and I'm like, I, I part of me is curious where they're going with this in Amazing Spider-Man. But. It's also how are you going to develop that weird story when you're also about to skin her alive? Uh, is she somehow going to survive without her skin? I don't know what they're doing with this. Uh, so I'm, I'm half curious where they're going with this, but I'm also like I am. I, I always I just get frustrated now. Where every summer they want to just wreck everything, and then they have to somehow or another put it back. I, I maybe it's just because my age, but I, I hate it when they just wreck everything. 
I mean, making some little small kind of things are kind of interesting, like when they did the other, and suddenly Peter realized that he can have organic webs, and he can also, like a spider, can stick stuff on their back. He realized if, you know, when rescuing somebody, that comes in handy. I can, like, carry somebody out of a fire. I can stick them to my back and carry them out, and I have my hands free. You know, that was pretty cool, actually, some stuff. They made some just little changes and, you know, stuff like that. And you can, should have a few life changes. That's just good storytelling. But there's a difference between making some little kind of changes and like, well, that's an interesting take on things and doing something that just wrecks what you've built. And I, I, I'm not, and some people, I know some writers would say, but oh, it's necessary. But I'm like, no, I just don't like it. Well, I don't like change that way. It's kind of like I said before, it's kind of why I've grown out of a lot of it. I yeah. just get tired of it. And I enjoy comics from time to time. Yeah. But I just, I don't get deep in it anymore. And I'm kind of in agreement with a lot of these people. That's why I just watch the shows. Yeah, I, I know. I like both, but yeah. but in truth, if it weren't for the comics, you wouldn't have the shows. Right, but I but, want to be able to enjoy both. But if it, if it weren't for the shows, the comics probably would have would at some point die out. Yeah, because uh, one reason why people get into the comics nowadays or love them nowadays, I'm they see the character in the movie they, and they're like, get, get interested. They yeah, yeah. So that's and quite honestly, look, this I'm not trying to make excuse, but I can't read as well as I used to because of the stuff I go through. Yeah. So. Uh, now, thank goodness for the pictures and all, but I'm not saying that's all I look at. But yeah. that's what keeps me interested because if it, the stories they have nowadays, quite frankly, are boring <laughs> uh, because it's the same old, same old. Uh, you know, oh, okay, so first of all, I don't, I get tired of the political stuff they put in there. The yeah. things are not agendas do. are yeah, seeping agendas. in. And also, this look, I know it's got to be difficult to write new stories, but some, yeah. after a while, it's like, oh, this time we have Krakoa, the last time we had Apocalypse, and after a while, you're like, does it always have to be something's taking over the world and destroying the world? Can't there be something unique and different? Oh, yeah, well, this time it's an island. Last time it was a planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've even had another podcast I listened to, uh, The Real Brian Show uh, with uh, Real Brian. He's been on the show before. Uh, one of the things he get he got tired with the MCU, he gets kind of worn out with everything is world-threatening. Can't yeah, we just I mean. have something? It's like, remember the movies where just maybe, maybe the city is uh, threatened? And uh, I think it was nice with some of the Spider-Man films we did have... Like, at least in the first one, even though I'm not a fan of Homecoming, it was something that uh, it was a minor threat thing, but it was him or the villain. But it wasn't we didn't have to threaten the entire world. We could maybe have a he's friendly neighborhood because when, when you we have a good Batman story like 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 this even recent movie, the Batman was the entire world threatened. No, oh. but he's still saving Gotham in. You, know, you can you can have just one city saving and, you, you know, because it gets boring. Oh, look, the world's in danger again. And it reminds me of that line from The Incredibles. Like, you get through saving the world and suddenly it's in jeopardy again. And I feel like the maid. I just cleaned up in here. Can we keep it clean for just five minutes? You know, it's like that. I'm saving the world now. One of the things I like about the old Spider-Man stories, not just Spider-Man, a few others. I like when it's very personal. Yeah. Where there's a villain coming after you. Because they hate you. They hate you. And they were a friend. Like that's what makes Magneto so interesting, yeah. is him being oh, he, a friend. He is, yeah. he is his friend. And, and that's the thing. They're not really enemies as much as they're frenemies. Yeah. Where one minute they're working together, then they're not. And yeah. Because you kind of understand Magneto's way. He's not 100% wrong. He's wrong in, in his way he's doing it. Right, yeah. But it's, it's like, that's why Xavier and him, they fight. And they get along. They're, I guess you could say they're yeah. kind of like exes. They 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 love hate. They yeah. hate love. Because occasionally Magneto says, "All right, I'm going to try things your way a little bit." Yeah, you know, <laughs> because they were friends. Yeah, and it's just that their style is different. Yeah, one hates the regular people. Yeah, one is basically like, you know what? We are superior to these humans. Why are you trying to coddle to them? We mm-hmm. should. You know, just wipe them out. And well, I think we all have friends this way. I feel it, like this is definitely doing Magneto's way with this Krakoa thing because, like, you know, especially oh, one of the weird things about this somehow Krakoa 
they don't have to fear death because if they die, they have they have things in place where they'll just be resurrected in this little egg and pop right back out. I think we all have friends this way, though. It's weird. Whether it be in a political sense or even in your, it depending on what you believe, even when you share beliefs, maybe there's something you do differently than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rather it be in your church, but you may pray a different way. Or maybe it's that if, if you go to a store, oh, but you're on a different diet than me. Oh, but wait, you work out differently. Oh, you're on leg day? I'm not on leg day. I'm, I'm on, on arm day. I'm on <laughs> yeah. arm day or whatever yeah. it is. Oh, but wait a minute. You don't believe in leg day, arm day. You do. See, everyone has a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think that relationship between Magneto and Xavier is understandable. Yeah. Uh, no, we need to destroy those people because they don't agree that we agree. Yeah. And and like he's like, no, 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 no. Let's not let's work with them, not against yeah. them. Yeah. Let's show them that we can, you know, because Together. we have powers, we can help them. And that's I, I like that astonishing X Men thing where where they got like new costumes and everything, and Cyclops is like, we're going to go out and astonish them. We're going to go stop some actual crime and save some people. Yeah. It's like that's how you show like, no, wait, us having powers is great. We can actually do some things. We can help because we're all, you know. We're all humans. Yeah, we're together. And yeah, that's the thing. Speaking of like having that that greatly personal uh, villain type of thing, that's one of the things that makes that Spider Man Marvel game, uh, which I'm waiting for that sequel. I need. To, I want to play Miles Morales too. But having uh, spending so much time in that game where Peter is working for Doctor Otto Octavius, and they're excited about making you know the stuff that eventually is going to become Doctor Octopus's arms. Yeah. You know, you have such that dramatic thing, especially when you find out that Octavius knew the whole time, had figured out who Spider-Man was, uh, and that you know the the oh the you haven't gotten to play all this yet, man. But oh, no. the so, ending so bit of the the battle, this oh, there's tears in their eyes that Peter has. It's like I, you tell him, I looked up to you. You were my hero, and look what you've done. And so when they, when they get the stuck, together, not bring it apart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the oh the scene at oh when he's finally defeated uh, Doc Ock and he's disabled the arms. And stuff like that. And he, when he's just tearing, just tears running out Peter's face. He's like, you were my hero. You were going to change the world, not destroy it. That sounds like and, the oh. scene from Obi-Wan. And, yes. And, yeah, it and said you would just save the Jedi, not join them, or destroy the Sith, not join them. Yeah. Oh, but that's what made that movie kind of better than yeah. some of the other ones, is the Obi-Wan and Anakin fight. It is tragedy. Well, and That's oh. what I thought made Smallville so good, was yes. that when you're watching Lex and Clark, because friends, you know, then, and you, when you yeah. start seeing it go, that's what I remember. My dad, I had him watching it, and and until season five at least, it was really great. And I, at the end of that season, I remember my dad saying, "I actually like Lex. I never thought I would." He said, <laughs> yeah. "He said I actually like this show." He said, "And Lex, he goes, I don't want Lex to be bad." I said, "That's what's heartbreaking." Yeah, you see, well, you it slow see it but coming. Sure. Especially in that first season, the, they have the oh. woman who's kind of like the like could see the future when she touched her hands, and she was seeing all the like the raining blood her. and all yeah. the stuff and all the stuff that he was doing. And she died when she was yeah, yeah. That was she had a heart attack right there, and seeing what su- he would such, become. Such Ooh. great, such great actors in that show. Yeah, but, but yeah, when you and I like when they're there. They got so much in common, yet there's just a couple little things that separate them, and then you know them in the future. I'm not just talking about that yeah. show, but I like that when. It makes it so much more realistic because I've had frenemies, so to speak, like mm. that, where we were real close, but one or two little uh, things, strands happened in which we're t- just yeah. apart. And, you know, w- we may agree on some things, but I try to be peaceful. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And it feels mouthing stuff to me. <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, true. You can go ahead. That's fine. Uh, I can't read lips, so I have no idea what you said. But anyways, one of the things that makes, also makes Spider-Man villains, I mean, when you consider one of his greatest enemies, the Green Goblin, is his best friend's father. Yes. 
Oh my goodness! Now and he doesn't have a personal connection there, but when you consider Venom and Eddie Brock when he was an enemy, I mean, you had a you know somebody he had known from work that he'd had problems with, but then suddenly he gets ver- merged with a symbiote that was angry at Peter. So at the time, not it's completely kind of different now yeah. in the comics, but you know as, I, that personal connection that most of his villains have either because oh this was a friend of mine and now they're you know oh my gosh now this guy's turned into the molten man oh no yeah, you know having that, that personal but not but not every villain has to have a personal connection but but no. sometimes like Batman has a personal connection with the Joker when you go into it in the fact that the Joker is kind of obsessed with with him yeah because he's and, trying and, to make it happen yeah and he's, he's like he's like oh but we're best frenemies yeah. when you have that kind of maniac yeah, on there, it I, makes it personal we're together we're in, that uh, is scary yeah oh it's terrifying yeah, and I, I hope we get to that level because I I love it. The, the one of the things that's great about the Dark Knight is at the end when he's finally really caught the Joker like the second time and he's dangling him and the Joker's just like I feel like we're just destined to keep doing this again and again. I was like, that's I the so, Joker. <laughs> I, I said this a million times, but man, I hate that he passed. Um, oh. not, first of all, because I never wanted him to die, but right, uh, obviously. But the other thing is, is man. I would have loved to see where they were going to go with it. Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed the film mm-hmm. with Bane, but not if they a, could have done even more. Yeah, I would have mm-hmm. loved to see Joker and Two Face and others and more and Scare all of those people. Yeah, I so would have loved to see more. Of it. Well, maybe this roundabout because you know we're we're gonna you know we're gonna see the Joker some more. Oh yeah, but I would love to see them really work on that weird twisted yes. relationship of what because Joker has this whole cruel. thing in his head. Uh, not to sound cruel, but mm. I don't want the way they did the Joker on that scene that was cut. I didn't care. Yeah, that, that cut scene. The dialogue wasn't bad. No, the dialogue wasn't bad. It's just the way he looked. Isn't it? Wouldn't look right. But that's just me. That's my own person. Yeah, I get a different actor, but like the dialogue was good. But the actor, the actor, is not quite my favorite. So, but I'd I'd love to have that weird Joker who just, I you know, this is it's part of the game we play. I kill people. You try to stop me. Isn't it great? You know. Yeah, that kind of goofiness. It fits. Yeah, Yeah. I want to see that. Maybe we get to play out some more. So that's that's one of the things. If they could have gotten that far with, uh, I mean, they did find a way to try to make a personal connection between Jack Nicholson, Nicholson's Joker and, uh, sure. and the Michael Keaton Batman. Oh, they did. They invented and changed and some, it's a shame some history. That, that they but, uh, changed the ending of it because he wasn't supposed to die originally. Yeah, if they to, could have gone further with that. But unfortunately, they had that writers. Uh, strike uh, and that's what happened because originally Kim Basinger's character was supposed to die Vicky Vale that wouldn't have went over well though well, to kill her they so. were going to kill her and then the, then the Dark Knight would have been darker mm. and it would have gone into a further story that was the original writing was supposed to be but the writer strike happened mm. and that's why they say that what happened was uh, Jack Nicholson goes saying why am I going up in these stairs over and over again because originally that wasn't how it was going to end it, there was going to be a lot different but uh, you know yeah it, it's a good thing at least that they didn't kill Vicky Vale because that I think would have upset a lot of people yeah but it would have made Batman a little yeah they, they would have, but yeah I, I don't think it would have been the fun summer movie that that, that it is yeah, if they probably. killed her. So if they could have found a way the Joker and not have died, though, so they could have him somewhere or another around and get into that little bit of where he's like, oh, this is my new personal best frenemy, the Batman. Yeah. Because could you imagine Jack Nicholson, how he could have played something like that? Ooh. Oh, him and the penguin. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And if they would have done something different with the penguin. Then yeah. Like I mean, Dana DeVito was like perfect he's casting great. for it. But yeah, they could have done different. Or Joe that. Pesci would have been another one. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Joe Pesci. Because Joe Pesci could have played him as that gangster mobster style. Okay, okay. Even. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Although I got to say Colin Farrell just knocked. I loved oh, his he penguin. He knocked it out of the park. He of course, I love it. Colin Farrell. I mean, oh, he's a good I, didn't, I didn't realize how great he was because Daredevil didn't show how great of an actor he was. I think I, I don't really, I, I don't think really, I really realized just how great he was until that uh, Saving actor. Mr. Banks. Yeah. He, he was did. so good in that. He's a good actor. I've yeah. seen him in several things. And yeah, I think there's some other stuff I'd seen him in that I was like, wow, that guy's a better actor than I gave him credit well, for. Well, yeah, because the, he, to be honest, they don't usually give him a chance to be something different than he usually is. Usually he's just a cursing, mad yeah. idiot. And, and I don't mean that he's an idiot, but I just mean the, That's character, the character he yeah, gets. Yeah. He's usually the same type. But in this case, uh, he really got to go all for it. Boy, he had, a, I think he had a blast. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, well, well, heck, you're getting to lose yourself in a character with all that makeup, man. Oh, man. Woo. It helps. But uh, we need to get the show moving, and so the next thing on our agenda is the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that show. Come here. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. This suit means something. It's not just protecting your body, it's protecting the universe. Ready, Captain Lightyear? Ready as I'll ever be. To infinity? And... Yeah, we got a breach in the perimeter. Thank you. Let's get everyone home. Come on! Come on! You need my help? Negative! Are you sure? I'm Buzz Lightyear! I'm always sure! Oh no. Buzz Lightyear mission log. My mistake has marooned us on this strange planet. I need to make it right. Hello, Buzz. Yeah. I am Socks. My mission is to help you, and I'm not giving up on my mission. I'm not giving up either. Great. Would you like a frosted snack cake to celebrate? Negative. Buzz Lightyear mission log. I plan to finally finish the mission. Who are you talking to, Buzz? No, uh, no one. Here we go. Are we going to crash? No. Well, technically, yes. That was utterly terrifying, and I regret having joined you. What is going on? Down. I hope I... The what? I hope you're ready for action, because all we needed was a pilot. For what? We have to destroy the alien ship. I have a plan, and I have a team. Do you have munition strength? Partial. So you're rookies. Oh, boy. We'd love to be rookies. <sighs> to infinity. Are you trying to get me to pull your finger? Don't pull for it. Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. Let's go. Did you hear that? I don't hear anything. Oh, now I do. You there, grab it. It's the violation of my parole. I think I need a bag. No, no, engage your helmet. That'll catch it. Let's go finish the mission. We're being pursued by a... Just a massive robot. We can do anything! Can you not shout in my ear? Oh, yep. Hey, what's that noise? Come on, don't break my cat. He's purring. He likes it. Socks, do you like that? I do. Huh. Now, this wasn't necessarily a trailer. This was a special look at Lightyear, but, I mean, it's basically a trailer. And it, it gives a little bit more of the story that's going on, and I, I'm getting more excited the more I see of this. 
So I just hope that you know I'm 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 at the point on this light year that oh please I hope there's not something that you guys messed up and it's not as good as what it looks like. You know I'm almost terrified. What if they mess this up? Uh, yeah, because to me it's it's not quite the same without Tim Allen. But I gotta say Chris Evans is doing a really good job of playing the character. Well, he at least has that basic style. Yeah. You know, he can do that very well with that yeah. voice. And I, I wonder if he didn't work with Tim Allen a little bit to kind of get the character, you know, down just a little well, he bit. Kinda, he has that way of talking that's very similar to yeah. Buzz anyway. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, and it's it's summer 2022. I'm not exactly sure of the release date of that one. I bet if I'd have kept the page up, I could have looked at it. But anyways, oh, why is this taking me to Facebook? Don't take me to Facebook. Take me to YouTube. Oh, wow. I think uh, I'm going to have to track this one just a little bit. It's redirecting. Going to a link outside Facebook. That's right. Follow that link out to YouTube. I grabbed my links from the wrong place. They're coming. Stay hidden. Or we will not survive. Leave us alone. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father. You still want Kenobi. He's gone. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong places. I want every lowlife and bounty hunter to squeeze him. So, obviously, that was for the Obi-Wan series coming May 27th. Happy birthday to me. It's the day right after I turn 45. <laughs> Two years after 43. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. But I am I'm, I have no idea what to expect, really, out of this. Although it seems to be the hunt for Obi-Wan. And Before Obi-Wan, that. of course, being in hiding on Tatooine. I, I, don't, I don't know how you do this, but I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm looking really forward to it. Yeah. You know, some people are all irked, saying, this is going to ruin the canon of I was like, and they might up. they've already stepped all over the canon yeah, a lot of times like, just so. shut up and enjoy and we'll see what happens yeah you know, just, let's let's get a look at it yeah, before don't we step on it first <laughs> it, right. just enjoy what you're gonna do yeah and and the, here's the thing about the canon though we don't really know anything that really happened because what he said was talking about the movie mm-hmm. he said I haven't seen him since that's not the the real issue though. It's like uh, I, a presence I've not felt since. Yeah, since yeah. And since and whatever. But it seems like it's been a long time. Where they're going to run into problems if if they end a fight. When I left you, I was but the learner, and now I am the master. True. But of course, that he talks about. He does say when I left you. Yeah. Not when I last saw you. Exactly. So the, you might be able to get around that. But that's one of the things I think. Well, they got to be careful. But if they find out that he's been hiding on Tatooine, it causes a lot of problems. But so, will he be on Tatooine? Well, yeah, that's the question. Will he be on Tatooine? Has he actually been going in there and doing, trying to mount some sort of small rebellion on his own, hiding out, 
Because it shows him, you know, firing off, you know, a pistol. Like, if he doesn't pull that lightsaber, no one's really going to necessarily figure out that who he is. But maybe he can do some things to make a difference. But although some of those shots, like when he's firing the shot, you get to see from the back. And the one shot where he turns around and faces, it doesn't look like Ewan McGregor either. So I'm almost wondering if there's he's got people who are trying to, like, throw off the scent. But they're trying to use, like, the name of Obi-Wan to help inspire a rebellion. Like, no, like even the rebels don't even know where he is. Not just that. Uh Let's not forget there could also be dream sequences. That too, you know, because wouldn't Obi Wan maybe have nightmares of what Anakin has become? Because he's going to know. Yeah, he's going to know, and that I mean that's part of the tragedy. This was his friend, his pupil, his fault in a sense. He he failed. Yeah, he feels like it's his failure, and oh, that line that Owen gives him there. Oh, you mean like you trained his father? Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ah, but you, you, it helps to bring more of that understanding because Uncle Owen seemed like a jerk, but no, he's not. Maybe no, not such a he's jerk. Terrified. He's terrified of what Luke could get well, turned he, in, and he, he's he's trying to protect Luke. Yeah, he, he loves, loves Luke. Yeah. yeah, he's protecting Luke because he doesn't want Luke to end up growing into a dark side, not yeah. knowing that Luke actually had a destiny to de- to defeat the dark side. Exactly. Well, he, until we have prequel more more sequels. And yeah, so <laughs> saying he's trying really hard. Yeah. To, to keep it yeah. protected. I mean, that's we, we, we kind yeah. of get that even in the first film. Yeah. A New Hope. Which, yeah. by the way, is still the first film. Right. It, it was the first film made. Right, too. That's when people are like, oh, the first film. left too. No, that was the first. It was, by the way, in case you weren't around, and I was, and Jeremy barely was. Yeah. I had been, I was born the day exactly after. Yeah. And you okay. were a baby, so you were a baby. Re- <laughs> you, no, weren't, but I remember you weren't seeing, in the theater, probably. <laughs> I remember seeing it when I was about two, it, one or two. I remember seeing it when I was two. In, um, at the theater. But the point is that uh, it wasn't called A New Hope. It was Star Wars. It was Star Wars. That was it. Yeah. There yeah. was no New Hope. It yeah. was it. Not until like a re-release right before yeah. Empire Strikes That's Back. It. We're like, oh, by the way, we're making more of these and we're going yeah. to, here's the uh, space opera that I intended so this to it's be. it's possible. Yeah. yeah. It's possible that I saw it uh, as A New Hope when the one time I remember it or it's possible that I, when I remember seeing it yeah. it was still Star Wars so remember, who knows I remember not being such a great reader when I first saw it you know I was still oh, I young I've seen on read. HBO so I couldn't, I couldn't read. read that opening crawl <laughs> I couldn't read I just knew that it said Star Wars yeah but I don't remember anything else Wars, yeah. yeah except for I remember yeah. seeing the yellow stuff coming up but yeah but when I saw Return of the Jedi of course oh. I was just started learning how to read but I couldn't read that much so mm. my brother a lot of times he hated it my brother Matthew Usually had to read me what Jabba the Hutt was saying. Oh. <laughs> I was like, "What's he saying?" And my, my mom and dad go, "Tell him what he's saying." And I'm like, "I don't want." <laughs> he said to Wana Wonga. Yeah, that's right. That's what he said. He said he didn't like him. I'm like, yeah. "What else did he say?" That's it. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to kill Han Solo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said you're fat and. St- Stupid. Whoa, whoa, he uh, said, I said, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, but let's keep moving. <laughs> all right, TV night with my bro. Oh, you're going on a date with Lois? So disrespectful. Oh, hey there, little fella. Uh. Nah. Wake up, buddy. It is walk o'clock. I have an owner. He's Superman. And I'm up. Make him sing to this thing like a melody. My dog's the best. Oh, but he's not the greatest with other animals. This just seems gross. We need gross. Smelling stuff is one of the greatest joys of being a dog next to licking any part of your body. And I lick myself all the time. Well, that explains the breath. 
Superman. I am Lulu, and you will kneel before me, you piece of. Aw, aren't you a little ray of sunshine? What's going on? You're invulnerable. I should be a lot more dead right now, right? All of us have superpowers. Deploy canine shield. What is a canine? Excellent shielding. That seemed incredibly painful. Why can I have gotten a magic hammer or something? What do I have here? <gasps> Squeezy Bruce, fetch! That better be a licensed toy or I will freak out. July 29th, that is DC's League of Super Pets, when the Justice League apparently captured when having something to do with some sort of like naked gerbil or something. <laughs> Looks like a hairless gerbil who uh, uses kryptonite to kidnap Superman. <laughs> and then some sort of weird crystal that falls amongst in the shelter pets there to give them all superpowers. It just looks so silly. I'm going to I'm gonna have to go and laugh. Oh, we'll, we'll I mean, see it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It just it just looks like fun. Now, I'm not generally a fan of Kevin Hart necessarily, but, you know, he can he can be funny. Yeah. I'm, I swear he's got to be able to be funny somewhere. Some people find him funny, but I haven't seen him, you know, do anything funny yet. But maybe as uh, what I thought was going to end up being Bat Dog, because did you ever see the... Uh, the little cartoon they had for a while. They had a bat dog and they had Ace a, the a, a Ace the Bat. Yeah. And they had a cat that was basically a Flash. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it was a cute little cartoon that they had. Um, Some of these things were based off actual comic books back in the day. They had Ace the Bat Hound back in the 50s and, and uh, they had all those animals. Yeah. The Streaky, what Streaky was from uh, Supergirl. Oh, okay. She was. She was, uh, those cats were actually from the comic books from back in the day. From at least that cartoon. But this one, they seem to have just done their own thing with yeah, well, strange super pets. Because you could have done that. They could have grabbed those other now, pets. Now, I'm not saying that, I know that the, they could have done, maybe made up some new ones, but they, they definitely had like Streaky and yeah. a few others. They, they could have and maybe because I thought Batman was going to have had a dog when he's in the park. And uh, I was like, and I, I love the fact that they, the bat doll that's squeaky toy, he calls him Squeaky Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't doesn't mean like, hey, uh, that's Batman, and you're gonna give it away, you know, uh, crypto. Not talking about currency here, by the way. We're talking about crypto, the super dog. Crypto, the super yeah. dog. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to that. It just looks silly fun. I think I'm just gonna go and laugh and have yeah. a good time with that. So, all right, and also, oh, is this? Whoops. All right, TV. I did I actually? You know, no, I clicked the wrong one of my links here or something. I should have another trailer here. Here we go.
Hope you guys are ready for this. Yeah! Hey, like a surgeon. Anyone got an accordion? Like a surgeon. Hey! What can I say? I'm full of surprises. I can hear your heartbeat. So coming this fall onto the Roku channel of all things, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Now this is just a teaser, but uh, and they're saying, of course, it's it's based off the true story of Weird Al Yankovic, but from the look of the style that they're doing, I feel like Weird Al has made uh, a weird satirical parody of his life story, or maybe a parody of biopics, so he's going to be a bit of truth, but also just being funny uh, in his own fashion, because we see at one point, uh, uh, when this is weird, it's like we got Daniel Radcliffe, and he's wearing a really weird curly-haired wig <laughs> playing Al. Uh, it, it just look, it looks like Daniel Radcliffe in a bad wig. <laughs> it really does. But we see it like in one scene, like he's snapping somebody with a hand towel, like he's in a kung fu fight or something, and uh, it, it, it has vibes of UHF in there. I think I think we're really just gonna have like a comedy thing, and it's uh, it's I'm finding it interesting. It's gonna be like exclusive to the Roku channel because uh, it seems like the Roku channel might be uh, trying to establish themselves as a more of a mainstream streaming service. I don't know if I'm going to have to start paying for the Roku channel or if it's just going to be one of those things that's exclusive to those of us that actually own a Roku device. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. If I'm going to have to have ads while I watch it, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that is coming. It's a Roku channel exclusive of all things. Who would have thought? But anyways, uh, it is now time for the movie review. Oh, Want to see a movie? Yeah. Any good? It was bad? I'm fuzzy on the whole good-bad thing. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their sockets. I like it a lot. The best movie ever made. A Fandom Nexus Movie Review! So last weekend was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and part of our festivities for Free Comic Book Day was to go and, of course, see that movie. Now, we walked in a couple minutes late. I think Philip's coming back to us here. Uh... Hopefully he's feeling fine here. He can give me a thumbs up when he's ready for me to turn his mic back on. Okay, goody, because I want to be able to talk to you on this. Uh, we, we went to go see this. We, we missed like the first couple minutes. We were trying to find a seat while there was like the opening bit. Well, we kind of got the gist of the opening bit. Uh, but overall, I mean, this this was a spectacle of sight and sound of, you know, different visiting different worlds and seeing like a completely destroyed world, uh, getting to see a, you know, a place where... Uh, Oh, I forgot the name of the other book that was the opposite of the dark home, like the light something. But the, the, the book that pretty much only existed in one place for all universes, which was pretty wild because yeah. the dark hole had like different versions of itself in other universes. But all the fun stuff that they could do with the multiverse, uh, just it's a, it's a visual delight. I mean, it's, it's that popcorn fun, but yet I like how it still kept it kind of real and personal because we get to dive into. And I mentioned this earlier in the show. Stephen Strange had to give up something he wanted, which is the lesson we got with the old Spider-Man 2 with Sam Raimi. Conveniently, Sam Raimi connected, uh, directed this one. Uh, he had to give up Christine in order to... And plus, he, I like the fact that he gets to talk to her and says, yeah, I'm sorry, I was really I was really a jerk. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's grown so much as a person since then. But in order to be who he is, 
uh, and and the protector from uh, from magical things and from the multiverse. Some you know he had to give up having any semblance of any sort of normal life, even though he's not the Sorcerer Supreme because Wong was there. Which I love the reasoning for that. Like, well, I got blinked out for five years. What do you think was going to happen? Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I love that. Plus, Wong is such a great character anyway. Nice I love fun. giving him you know that responsibility because I think he's better with the responsibility compared to Stephen Strange. He's, he's a real affable character. Yeah, I, well, they did, they've done a great job with Wong and had yeah. the guy playing him. Uh, really, really. But uh, I don't remember the actor's name, but he's. Really Benedict likeable. Wong, of all things. Oh, isn't that funny? <laughs> His name's Benedict Wong. I'm like, of course he's playing Wong. So, But he does a great job. Because, and he, he's really good at communicating the gravitas and the weight, or the yeah. gravity, not the gravitas, the gravity and weight of being the Sorcerer Supreme and the responsibility he has. He takes it very, very seriously. And you, yeah, the way you know Stephen Strange you know, presents it, you know, he's, he takes it seriously, but he's also got that little bit of... Yeah, uh, maybe privileged kind of party guy yeah, that is somewhere in there. Like I, I like the joke they even made in that last Spider-Man movie. It's just like, oh well, you know, when we we had to forget about that party, whatever. And Wong's like, what party? He says exactly. Yeah. So you know, he's still having some fun. Yeah. A which bit of party in the comics, yeah. you know, he's got a good sense of humor and, yeah. and a sense of fun in the comics. So you know, it's nice to see them acknowledge that. But he's also got that level where he takes very seriously what he does. But I like the fact that Wong is even more serious because you kind of need that for someone who's going to be the one running the place yeah. and teaching all these new uh, sorcerers and wizards, uh, you know, how to use the power to defend the earth. Uh, and defend this this universe really from sources outside of it. Yeah, uh, it just it was a lot of fun. Now I I want to be careful. I, I, I how much of the plot we really discuss, just in case there's some people who haven't seen it. Um, but the villain is a uh, kind of an unexpected. You didn't expect it, but yet it made sense mm-hmm. from uh, what we've seen this person go through. Well, we're going to have to spoil just a hair when we get get to some of the points that I want to be able to make. Um, but I will say that. You need to watch the WandaVision series if you haven't watched it. Make sure you watch the completion. And I will say, Agatha, what she's saying in that final episode, she's right. And there's one thing, kind of like Spider- that last Spider-Man movie, you could have changed and not had that entire movie. Had the, uh, hey, can we make everybody forget that Mysterio said anything about my identity? Boom. Done. Yeah. That fixes everything. In WandaVision, all it would take is for her memory of Vision to say, oh, by the way, I've, I've, I've reactivated the memories in my body. He, he's remembering who he is. So that's me. I'm, I'm alive. Come find me. If he'd have done that, that would have, this movie would never have happened. And I may have given away a little bit. You know, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who maybe hasn't gotten out, but it's, it's been a week. But maybe you haven't gotten out yet. But yeah, that, that one line would have changed this excuse me this entire film but uh you do you have a really great performance out of this particular actor uh getting to play into uh you know cuz there's a there's a sympathetic side you understand but also the horrible things this character does is yeah. oh it's selfish yes but yet you you understand and it's it's like it's tragic but it's terrifying at the same time of what they're doing cuz there's the there's people that they kill that you're like no and they just don't, don't care. and they don't care and they're not sorry which is something for their own, basically for uh, their own uh, imagination yeah uh, yeah yeah there's something they want but don't realize that they they could have if just one line had been added into the one division final episode and the other and uh, I've probably given away a lot there but but the other thing that I, I like is there's certain things in this multiversity thing. That I like that kind of gives your imagination that you 
it, it opens doors and things that things you always want to see. Yeah. And I won't go into all of it except to say, except to say that it makes you think, well, maybe we're going to get what we've been wanting for a long time. Or at least, if nothing else, at least for this moment, we yeah. get to see things we wanted to see for a long, yeah. long time. And there's, I mean, we, you already know probably that there's an Illuminati scene. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say specifically some characters that show up. One of them, you know, but one character I thought, well, you know, this is a character in the comics that was part of this Illuminati group. Uh, but I didn't expect to see him. And no. even the actor, I felt like they had teased us for years that this was going to maybe happen, but saying, no, you know, it's not, we, you know, we, we, we'd like to, but no. Oh, yeah. but it happened. And there it is. And uh, I look forward to seeing where that's going. And I'm not going to say which, you well, know what I'm talking well, about, well, who well, I'm talking well, about. Well, there we are. <laughs> well, 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 there it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was there was I don't I don't know if I just heard it in my head, but there was, seemed like there was some audible cheering. But maybe it was just me. Well, uh, there when, was an audible cheering. Everybody, yeah, heard well, it. the unexpected, and then well, well, the unexpected character. But I mean, there was a character we knew was coming. Yeah, because they they've teased enough, and we've heard his voice in the trailers. Yeah, and, but that was kind of exciting, just because we heard do 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 in the in the score. But it's like the other character that had already been introduced that we did not know was going to be in this movie. Just I was like, a couple of them. Yeah, there's oh. a couple of other ones too that I was just like, ooh, because they had made some shows that didn't quite go the way they'd hoped. Talking about Marvel Universe, mm. it didn't quite go as the way they'd hoped, but they put that character in this as well, and I was. Uh, so what if that character was was oh 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 yes 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 and yes another thrilled. certain character I was very thrilled there. how inhuman of me to forget about that yeah <laughs> but I couldn't get through one episode of that series it was, <laughs> but they they was able to put things together to, to that we always wanted to see yeah and I was very thrilled oh and letting him speak mm. because when he speaks it's powerful mm-hmm. uh, yeah right. I'm just so touched by his words so touched <laughs> I I felt like the mountains could have crumbled with a whisper. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Yes, you uh, are. <laughs> but yeah, overall, very enjoyable movie. But yeah, I could see where there's some bits that... Uh, very dark, that didn't have. Oh, it is dark. It was, it was Sam Raimi directed, but yeah. there, there's certain camera angles and certain camera movements that I, my brain was going, Raimi. Very much It's so. very much his style. I mean, I expected uh, Ash... To show up at certain times. Well, he kind of did. He kind of does. There's, I, I don't want to spoil some no, but, of the joke. Oh, no, you got to know that Bruce Campbell's going to be Bruce there. Bruce Campbell's I mean. going to pop up, and it is hilarious. I don't want to spoil the joke to say what all happened. He's happen. just so great, though. Yeah. Bruce Campbell, I don't care what age he is. Bruce Campbell is just, he's so great. I yeah. love him. And, and, and soon as he popped over, you're like, and you hear because you, you hear his voice before you see him, you're like, Bruce! You yeah, know? you love Yeah. Basically, in, in my opinion, at least when it comes to Sam Raimi films, Bruce is the modern day uh, Stan Lee. <laughs> he, he can be. He could. Yeah. He, he maybe you could start using him instead of that. Would be fun. You know what would be fun though is uh, finding a that Ted was in there somewhere. Ted Raimi. Oh yeah, that would be great. Because it seemed like he likes to put Ted into some stuff too. Because well, you know he had Ted in the back in the old Xena well, series. Well, just like Ron and, always. Ron Howard always used his brother. Right. And he used his daddy too, and his and Mama he always used those two in his films. I don't recall. Uh, oh, no, I, I didn't know what his parents. Yet. Oh, yeah. yeah I didn't know that his parents. His, his dad. Now, I don't know that his mom was ever in it, but his dad was in Andy Griffith all, a lot, too. Uh, back in the day, he was he would be on the set all the time. So I, they, oh, yeah. well, of course he'd be on set. Yeah, yeah. of course. With his yeah, son, overseeing sons. His, his sons. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, therefore, they would use him a lot. He would a lot of times come as, rather it be uh, 
a guard for the mayor or whoever would show up. So he would a lot of times would show up on the set. So they also used him on the in fact. I was just the other day watching Cocoon. Oh uh, yeah, I and, need to borrow this. From yeah, you. and so he uh, the dad was on Cocoon, as was his, uh, Ron Howard's brother. Oh, and uh, so you know Clint Howard. Yeah, and, Clint Howard. And he showed up on a lot of shows. I bet you have no idea. You've probably seen him on. on yeah, I, I don't know shows. what his parents look like. So oh, yeah. yeah. Well, have you ever seen Apollo thirteen? I saw it once, but oh, I can't do this. That's the so mama, heavy drama and the stressful the in that movie. Of Tom Hanks on that movie was Ron Howard's mama. Ron Howard's mama. Yeah, you know, and my, I still say that my two favorite Clint Howard characters was Star Trek when he was a little kid. Oh yeah, and he was like that weird godlike thing, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Uh, Mr. Slinky and Tango and Cash when he's yes. in prison with Sylvester Stallone. Did you ever, <laughs> if you ever watched Andy Griffith, uh, the Andy Griffith show, he was that little boy uh, that would show up with uh, the cowboy hat eating those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I all the think time. I, I think I remember him there. That was the first thing he ever really did was back then. And but he, still yeah. my favorite. It's oh, his yeah. Star Trek appearance because especially because it's so funny because they gave him, he's got a different voice. Well, yeah. He's like this big, deep voice and this yeah. little kid. <laughs> I, I love they it so much. Made a toy of that, and then Mister Slinky in yeah. there with in prison with Sylvester Stallone and Tango yeah. and Cash. He was just so because he's he's like trying to be all tough to Sylvester Stallone. Yes, it was so funny. He's great. Oh, uh, he's he's such a funny guy. Oh, he's a lovable dude. He's awesome. Yeah, so, he's awesome. I you know he's I, been on Seinfeld even with this next Jurassic World movie hmm. just for fun. Because you got Bryce Dallas Howard in there. Uh, I want to see her daddy and her uncle make appearances. <laughs> Even if you just have them come out and get eaten by something. I want to see a cameo with her daddy and her uncle. Come on, Bryce. I hope you made it happen. Come on, girl. You know you know what we were looking for. You know, we're, okay, whatever. Sam Neill's back. Whatever. Lord Ernst. Whatever. Hey, what I want to see, I wanna see your, your daddy, what do you mean, Ron what? and Clint. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Well, you know how much fun that would oh, be, would just be. to just to see the other Howards. You said you want to see Clint Howard get eaten. <laughs> Ron and Clint could be sitting in the car arguing over getting lost somewhere. You drove us right in the territory of the T Rex. I did not. Well, all right, fine, whatever. Why don't you? them arguing in a car? And then all of a sudden, though, like the roof gets ripped off. Boom! Munch. <laughs> you know, something like that. I would be laughing. I'd be like, "That's awesome!" <laughs> With the Howard brothers. Oh, you know that would be awesome, though. Come on. <laughs> They'd be inside the, the dinosaur. That's the new Howard's Inn. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. <laughs> that was one of those jokes that's so bad, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh. Neither one of us have kids, but we still can make the dad jokes. <laughs> Oh. Bad uh, hey y'all you paid to see it and the price was free <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh but yeah so overall yes we did very much enjoy dr strange and multiverse of madness and i still i'm looking forward to showing it and to heather because she didn't come with us uh, he was so good. oh my goodness Man. he is just he's just he is to dr strange what rdj was to tony stark oh, just, just and even chris evans as being steve rogers they oh, yeah. just mastered that character yeah. Oh, and even I got to give credit to uh, um. Oh, oh no 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 Ash not Ashley Olsen oh Olsen she it was is Ashley Olsen isn't it? no that's Mary Kate and Ashley or the or her oh, big sisters yeah, this is a, I forgot um but oh. she was so good in she's this she's tremendous she was tremendous I hate that character in this name. um Olsen um uh, but Olsen you're awesome yeah Olsen you're awesome you're awesome. Yeah. I gotta say, you were very good in in, in this character, and uh, 
So I'll leave it at that. I'll leave that at that. I don't want to say any more, but she did a really tremendous Fantastic. job of playing this character. Well, she's been great as Wanda, really, yeah. except for what happens to the accent. How come it disappears and then sometimes comes back? But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I have some stories to tell you, Mr. Phil. What's that? All righty. So uh, with, the, with Disney's Haunted Mansion, mm. uh, there's been some artwork that I have seen. And I don't know if this was some early concept or I think it might have been part of – I think I actually have it on my computer. It might have been part of like a board game. But some of the original concepts for the bride there in the attic was that she was coming out of a chest – like a chest opened up and she'd come out of it. Now I've let heard me of that before, yeah. yeah. Let me read you some of the stories of the Brams Hill House Bride, or also known as the legend of the mistletoe bow. Uh, this uh, I'm wearing. This is Burials and Beyond is one of the websites that I, I was looking for after I heard about this story on a podcast called Lore L O R E. If y'all are not listening and you like. Uh, scary bits of history uh, and and different things. If you're if you're interested in like folklore monsters, it's a great uh, podcast. And he's even now turned it into a show on Amazon Prime. But uh, I, it's it's different between hearing the story and seeing it acted out is a little ugh, too much for me. Um, so let me see if I can find some of the details on it. Um, in the early 17th century, a young girl reportedly named Anne Cope was due to be married at the house on Christmas Day, and this is the Brahms Hill House. Uh, in Hampshire, it is home of one of UK's most renowned festive spooks, and that's of course this one, this particular spook. Uh, Anne Cope was due to be married on the house on Christmas Day. After her and her new husband took their vows and celebrated their new nuptials, it was time for Anne, as new bride, to be escorted to the marital bed because that was an old tradition. They would, yay, we're taking you off, and then we're going to leave you away. We're taking you to your honeymoon, and then we'll leave you. However, before heading for the bedchamber, the young bride suggested that her and her guests play a short game of hide and seek. Anne asked for a five-minute head start before her guests began the search, and away she went. After her head start, the wedding guests began their hunt. They searched the house from top to bottom and found no sign of the young bride. At first, the guests assumed it to be a trick, as Anne was in high spirits. However, as time passed, concern began to grow for the young girl. Her new husband was distraught when Anne wasn't found, and rumors circulated that she had fled rather than spend her life with Lord Hugh Bethel. Through his grief, he spent decades searching for his lost bride. Fifty years after Anne's disappearance, the aging lord was in the attic of his mansion, attic of his mansion, still searching for clues. And as he was knocking on some oak, paneling, a hidden and previously unknown secret door suddenly opened. Inside was an elaborately carved wooden chest. Inside the chest, the skeletal remains of his long-dead bride, still in her wedding dress, holding her bouquet. Oh. Inside the lid of the chest were crisscrossing scratches, a sign of the bride's futile attempts to escape. And some of the ideas, apparently, I, I've heard this before, that the bride was somebody who had gotten locked in a chest and her ghost was coming out. Now, see, the, so part of the story of this house, as they, they know as the white lady ghost, that she goes around and uh, where it gets noticed, like, this holly bough is like her, her, her she had mistletoe in her, her, uh, her um, bouquet. And that's like the holly, the mistletoe bough. Uh, that she had that's part of the other legends. Now, whether this story is true or not, it is it is a legend, and that's a lot of folklore. Sometimes there is some truth, yeah, and then sometimes a legend. Now, up to this point, I would say it's probably true, but there's people, there have been accounts of a ghostly white lady repeatedly passing through the Fleur de Lis room. Reportedly, Michael I of Romania asked to be moved to another room during a stay there in order to not be disturbed by the young woman in white who passes through his bedroom every night. The bride supposedly announces her spectral arrival with her favorite scent, Lily of the Valley. Hmm. But a, a ghost that could of a bride that could have come out of a chest. This sounds exactly like this story to me, and it's, uh, it matches up some artwork 
that I've seen for The Haunted Mansion. Now, whether this had any inspiration or somebody was familiar with the story and just kind of brought it in, I don't know. Now, um, Jeff Bayham, also known as Chef Mayhem, the, he's the guy who runs DoomBuggies.com. Uh, he's also part of uh, Mouse Stalgia podcast, uh, but also he's got a DoomBuggies spook show uh which i haven't checked to see if he's got any new episodes i haven't listened for a while he doesn't uh, he's not very consistent on when he gets a, a an episode out for that but he runs new buggies he's got some unlicensed uh collections and history of all kind anything haunted mansion he knows it i mean he is the guy so I, I, after hearing this story i you know both this link and another link i found of the story i sent it over to him and i said that uh, this sounds very familiar to some artwork that i've seen where the bride is coming up out of a chest uh, does is this have any connection with some of the early ideas that were going into the haunted mansion? Because uh, you know the, some of the early concepts of the bride, and there's even uh, you can get I think Cat Cressida telling you this story uh, of like the bride uh, looking for her husband, like this this mariner uh, he might have been at some point a pirate. I mean there was stuff where. Uh, the bride stumbles upon uh, the, the, all of his, you know, like the one idea was going to be he, he, she, she finds all of his treasure and he had told her never go into the attic because I don't want you to see what's up there. And so she finds out that he had been a pirate and uh, maybe he murdered her or whatever. But that was also part of the idea where they have a guy who looked like a fisherman who was going to melt into water. Some concepts that didn't get used, but some other stories was this the bride was up there waiting for his return. Uh, and something had went wrong, and that's supposed to be the bride. So, I mean, there's a lot of different stories have gone around, but this seems to be maybe connected with at least one idea that had been put in there. But now, of course, the current thing is they have uh, the, the hatchet-wielding Black yeah. Widow bride uh, that has murdered all these wealthy men that you can see their heads disappear as you go to her, which to me isn't near as spooky yeah. as the mysterious bride of we don't know why she's there, but seems to be she might be connected with the hatbox ghost. But that kind of works now because the hatbox ghost's head disappears and going into the hatch box. Maybe, uh, I think they even called her, what do they call her, Hatchaway? They gave her a goofy name, but the Black Widow Bride, maybe she did cut his head off and that's why he's the hatbox ghost because she cut his head off and he's got his head in his hatbox. Could be. You know, that might be the, uh, the idea because uh, like in the old, speaking of Ron Howard, um, the uh, old yeah. story uh, had where uh, they that they had them link the hatbox ghost and the bride that they seem to have been connected in that story as well. So if there's a, an actual connection, maybe Jeff Bayham knows how to find it. Because I, I I can't confirm it. I tried to go and look. I, I looked at different things for Haunted Mansion. I didn't find anything that actually confirms it. But reading about this, it seems to match with what somebody's idea might have been for the original bride at yeah. Disneyland in the Haunted Mansion. Pleasant nightmares. <laughs> the poor bride. But it, it's it's a nice kind of spooky scene because it's one of those tragic stories. Like what should have been like one of the happiest nights of her life. And she's playing a game and accidentally locks herself inside a trunk and nobody is able to find her. So she won the game. Congratulations. But uh, it cost her everything. Yeah. But oh, it's and it's one of those stories it, that could be a very true story. Now, I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. Uh, but the, the story of how this uh, this woman could have tragically passed away. That's very likely could be a true story. Yeah, it could be. So I don't know for sure because it's a legend. It's, it's sort of like a lot of our American folklore. Uh, you know, Paul Bunyan, uh, We there's probably some truth in there. So like we know John Henry uh, was a real guy, yeah, but, yeah. you know, the, the story of them gets, you know, fabricated so much. Um, we and, know that and, Johnny Appleseed was Johnny Appleseed, mm-hmm. yeah, a real dude. Mm-hmm. But John you know, we get, we get a little bit of you know John Chapman. We, it gets a little fabricated. When one of one of my favorite Disney mm-hmm. cartoons, yeah, 
love watching that in every year. We actually did an episode on uh, Johnny Appleseed, uh, probably first season, second season, a long time ago. Y'all can go check it out. But uh, that's going to do it for us. I uh, hope you all had fun uh, reliving some fun with us. Uh, well, heck, we didn't really do much nostalgia, but hope you all had fun with us. And, of course, we want to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for their help in making uh, the intro that I have here that you heard at the beginning of the show. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that because Phil looks like he's not feeling great. So um, uh, remember, you can email us podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. We are on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. Also on Facebook, if you search for Neverland Podcast, you'll find both our page and our group. Oh, and you know what? Uh, on our website, NeverlandPodcast.com, there's a little thing in the menu uh, about our shop. That'll take you over to Tee Public. I have some brand new shirts. I don't know how long they stay on sale, but they put them on sale initially for $14. Uh, but then eventually it's going to go up to 20 But I have a couple of uh, new designs that I just put up uh, just for you that I hope you will enjoy. Uh, I do appreciate when everybody buys shirts because uh, it does help out the show. I get a little, I, I don't get much out of it, but I do at least get something. So, yeah, do go and check those out. Uh, make sure, of course, you can leave us a voicemail. I, I really, I'm not sure if the phone number still works. But give it a try. Let me know what happens. 816-226-6492. Remember to leave us a review, which I do have a new review. Um, I, I should have popped it up uh, here real quick. Uh, let me go and read. We had a new review that popped up this week that I wanted to read. This actually came from NL Cast, the Nobody's Listening Cast. And uh, basically, uh, if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, if you happen to have a podcast yourself, you'll see a little thing that says, My Podcast Reviews. If you click on the nice colorful lettering, you can actually get in there and get set to where you can get emails when you get new reviews and things like that. Uh, very, 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 very fun. Let's see. Let me click on this. This came in through an app where we podcast reviews, but here we go. Uh, it's a five-star review. It says, Everything Disney, that, and a likable host. And you've got yourself a smart little podcast. Keep it up. Now, I don't know that they're all caught up on the NL cast. That's probably nobody's listening cast, uh, now known as that story show. Uh, actually, uh, the host of that has been a guest with us, James Kennison. We had some fun talking some horror video games this past fall. But, uh, yeah, we're not quite everything Disney anymore. But, you know, we still have some Disney content because we did talk about a Marvel movie. We did talk about some Star Wars. And we did talk about the Haunted Mansion. Uh, kind of, you know what? It's a halfway point to Halloween, so what people tell me, so I think that justifies us doing that right now. But yeah, we please come do leave reviews, and uh, I do appreciate getting your feedback. So uh, until we see you next week, get lost. Minute Adventure! Although it probably won't be next week, it might be two weeks. <laughs> That's kind of our way. <laughs>